Hey guys, I just had a fantastic conversation with Bhakti Mehta of Little Food Co. She gave me so many insights into a food business, ups and downs, pandemic survival. We also unlocked the story of how the name Little Food Co came along. Fantastic story. We also heard about the legendary Thai Pani Puri and how it started and how till date is still a legend and many other things. Do not forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's jump in and hear some delicious stories. Bhakti, you've been uh, a, a seasoned veteran now in the food business. <laughs> I know when I say that, I knew That's you were going to laugh. <laughs> because I've seen you right from the uh, days where you just started out and I've been following your journey. And uh, now I can call you a seasoned veteran. Five years ago, maybe not. But today, you're definitely a seasoned veteran. But before we get to where you are today, tell me about your life before Little Food. Ah, before Little Food Company, I was in Star TV. I used to work as a marketing um, associate for Star Plus. I used oh, to wow. sell SaaS Bahu shows <laughs> to <laughs> nice. Indian households. Nice. So, um, yeah, I studied basically media. So, I was in advertising and um, media. And then I, just before Little Food happened, I was working at Star for like five years. And... Little food happened on the weekends of Star TV. So it was, it overlapped at some point. But um, yeah, yeah, it was a great journey. I, in, if it was not for my own thing or something like this, I probably wouldn't have quit at that time. Okay. I enjoyed my time at Star. I used to handle IFA as a project. I used nice. to work predominantly on Star Plus um, fiction shows. Nice. But it was, yeah, it was a marketing role. And what made you start Little Food Co? Was it like a passion project? It was, no, it was a fluke. There okay. was no plan at all, actually. But I used to cook at home. Okay. And I used to cook at home also because I used to not like Gujarati food mm. and everyday food. So my mom's idea was that if you don't like to eat what we are making, then you cook. Nice. So I had learned to cook just out of school. But I had learned to cook things that I like from our travels. Mm. And so... It was there. So it was there with my, amongst my friends and family that I cook and I would do a lot of things at home and I love cooking for my friends mm. and stuff. Mm. Um, my friend was opening a store, mm. like a retail, you know, mm. fashion store mm. in after college and um, while I was in Star and she's like, you know, we should look for a caterer who will do like fun food, mm. four, four, three, four finger food things and there are only 20 people and all. I said, hey, I have fun. So we made a menu, mm. but that menu was designed basis how I am cooking. Mm. And we were like, okay, we made a fun menu, which had like wasabi hummus. Nice. Or watermelon feta salad served as an appetizer and the Thai Pani Puri. A thai Pani Puri. And we'll come back to that. Mm. But um, so this was, we designed this menu only to find out that there is no caterer for it. And this I'm talking in 2010 when wasabi and all was like not, really, it was not in restaurants. There were no Japanese restaurants in the city. Correct. So, um, the idea was that we started looking for caterers, but we found out that there were wedding caterers, there were maharajas, mm. or there were restaurants. Mm. There was no in-between catering mm. company. Like, mm. Joss, I think, was around at that time. But they would fall under mm. large scale. Again, Correct. still wedding caterers Correct. more than anything else. Or like venue caterers. Nobody's going to do this for 20 people. She's like, why don't you only cook for 20? 10 to we cook at mm. home for mm. everybody. Mm. So I was like, yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. But because I came from an advertising background, I had friends who were pretty much from advertising and my, I studied that. I worked there. And uh, my friend was like, hey, if you're going to do this, why don't we at least put a name, put a card? Mm. Like, you know, you can do this on weekends if mm. this is actually something you like mm. doing. Mm. And I said, yeah, this doesn't sound bad. Overnight, we've come up with the name. And uh, he was like, what do you want to call it? I was like, it's supposed to be a small thing. I'm small physically. It was always a joke, right? That I'm such a short person. And oh. like it was one of those that little or uh -huh. small, those uh -huh. were the words we were uh -huh. going with. And plus uh -huh. it, this was supposed to be a hobby. For a small people, huh? And a small thing. Small audience, huh? So Little Food Company came up came like... Came out of that. Came out of that as the name. That's interesting. And then that event happens. and But that event, three days before it's going to happen, she hires a PR agency to mm, do this. Huh. But they're like, we can't do 20 people. It has to be like 100 people, mm. 75 people. She's come back and said that now it's going to be a lot of people. Now, I said, then let's now go to a regular mm. restaurant or mm. a caterer. Mm. I don't know how to do this. I don't even know how to cook uh, for so many people. I know how to cook what I have to cook. But 
she's like no no now you figure because now she's stuck up in this and she's like my best friend and i'm like are so then i told another friend and he's like his um, neighbor is a chef who's opening a restaurant but that restaurant is not yet open so maybe he'll i'm like he has no reason to even meet me mm. like this is like mm. you know how do you ask somebody for yeah. a meeting there's yeah. no background yeah. but he said okay and he comes to meet me and this is chef conrad and that time it was pali village cafe mm. and he's like uh, i'll help you i'll send you one guy one chef mm. our restaurant is not open yet anyway mm. so the team is there i'll send you a chef he'll come he'll tell you how much to buy i said i don't know how much quantity to buy he said show him the recipe and he'll mm. help you scale you know, it up ha how to cook and mm. he'll come and help you cook and this and he's like who's going to serve this food mm. i was like ha so then he sent waiters who are wearing also pali's uniform but they <laughs> you know that time they had that thing ke logo dikhna hi nahi hai ha. even on the restaurant board they so itna chotu sa tha so it didn't matter mm. they've come and we do this event and it's a media event mm. because media has mm. come to cover it and imran khan has come to cut the ribbon or something mm. and the food is thai pani puri which mm. is not an existing mm. thing a, it was yeah. not it was not it was a dish in my brain and the watermelon salad a mexican tart mm. which was done like a taco done in mm. a tart form mm. and wasabi hummus these were the four things that we had done and um, it got written about in the papers that they didn't have write about it they mm. had to write about the store mm. but they wrote that very unusual food was served mm. at this mm. event mm. and my cards were there so my number is gone in the media it's in newspapers my phone number and the next thing i know is we start getting calls saying would you cater mm. you know for 10 people 15 mm. people and i just was like what if i didn't say no mm. on saturday sunday mm. i can't do it in the weekday because mm. i have to work mm. and i didn't say no and this business till date has happened to me it it's not something you planned it wasn't a big structured thing and at every point even the growth that you're talking about being a veteran it's it's the one that it's been it it is a story of being at the right place at the right time it is 100% that because like i said it didn't exist this mm. category of a caterer mm. didn't exist of a gourmet you know restaurant not non restaurant but restaurant style or a chef run mm. Mm. a woman run mm. catering company mm. when i was 24 years old mm. so this is it was then and it nice. was a it took its own turn i did 9 months of working on saturday sunday mm. catering and i used to go monday to friday to work mm. fridays my mum would go and pick up the ingredients mm. and do some kind of prep in the house with the house help and he would come with me with two people going to caterings with like an mini oven in my mm. hand and two bags oh, and wow. we would cater for 10 people 12 people mini oven you used to actually mini take- oven Yeah, you set a mini oven to side because it was see it was yeah because, until date we take an oven to our side because Serve the idea is that fresh. one is that and two is we are used to how it's cooking in my oven mm. i didn't know another way i didn't know how to cook in somebody else's what if they don't have it what huh. if the temperature huh. it, and the menu also was when somebody asked me for a menu i didn't have a menu it was So it was basically when you've called me and mm. said hey I need a menu mm. I've made a menu mm. when you've called and said we are not 10 we are 20 mm. I've said okay mm. and so it kept happening to me to push <laughs> ahead if I just the idea was if we don't say no mm. what happens then and that's what happened I It's think that's just, an amazing story of not just being at the right place at the right time but also when you saw that opportunity you actually gave it a chance even though it was outside your comfort zone as a media professional you never made food on a professional level no uh so i i couldn't have worded it better that the business happened to you it did right and uh, the way you named it also is very funny i just i mean i never linked little food co to being little food co i just thought over oh, like a you know it's designed for a small audience it was it was everything it was all together right it was me being <laughs> small <laughs> <laughs> i i never linked that uh when you decided to do this full time yeah what was your family's reaction uh so like you're leaving a job at star yes and now you're going to become a chef yes so the back and you're not been trained as a chef no nice okay so the back side to all of this is that i came from a family where um i i mean i come from a family where we, i was a earning member of that mm. family it was we've come from a lot of adversity in that time and the idea of even doing something like this yes it was it happened mm. 
and it became like yes it met my passion in a way i actually realized my passion also in this it my passion also happened to me mm. i didn't know that this is what i like doing i had no idea till you were doing it at home the other thing is that when you cook for friends and family at home to to like that is very different from when somebody has to put money against it mm-hmm. right so when somebody has to pay and we were 300 rupees per head 500 rupees per head at that time and i stood not even i technically didn't even know how to price it nothing it was that but i started making money right mm. and the idea was that at that time this was something that would even have helped my family mm. which is which was not designed in my head like that but we were both me and my brother would have we knew we had to work hard and we knew we had to come out of uh, you know a, a really bad time financially but this changed everything this changed the trajectory of my entire family's life and not intentionally it happened like it happened organically uh 9 months into the business it felt like there was a very calc- i could only have taken a very calculated risk there was no way there was no way to take a risk mm. of non salary as an option that's that was not a mm. that was not possible that was not an option <laughs> that was not possible but by then my brother was in a stable job as well and he was like if you see the math if you didn't do this just for 2 days and did even 4 days it would be equivalent to what i do at star in terms of a salary and i'm like then that means it's a very mitigated risk mm-hmm. taken mm-hmm. Th- that's when we took it but my family was very much part of this process right. in those 9 months right because they had to help me on when i was at work I remember my brother going for delivery uh you know going and buying things or we forgotten something and my dad has come my parents have come to pick me up because it's always 2 3 in the morning in someone else's house wow I was still 24 25 then I've got marriage proposals while I'm at work because I look like a Gujarati girl who's come into a house and I can cook for people <laughs> I, yeah aunties used to come to the kitchen and ask me ki aapki shaadi hui hai are you married and I started wearing a ring and going because I'm like I might as well say yes because this is crazy, this is not my intention. Oh, so a lot of fun things have happened, but when I took the call to take um, the jump and decide to do this, hmm. it was my family was all in. We hmm. were in this together, but it was more of a calculated risk. But even then, that time we still didn't know how the business, how it's going to become a business. It was still not, it was still not that. So it was, I think. a little more than a hobby but wasn't a full fledged business it was somewhere kind of yeah. in between it was to make this work so at what point did you realize that you know what this is it like i'm going to do this for I the next year, decade year. i will do this oh my god no <laughs> i still not thought that i just you know then it became like this dream that oh will this be a stepping stone hmm. to something else hmm. it will be a stepping stone towards a restaurant hmm. which i it still was i think till at least up to the pandemic i would hmm. think but it took its own life and it like i said right it kept happening to us and we kept growing like every time somebody has asked us that uh do you cater for 300 people and we were just like if we didn't say no hmm. and we then go out back end and try and figure if we couldn't we we would have but it didn't come like that it came that where the supply the demand was already there i had to keep the supply to catch up so nice. by then it just became that yes it was it was a business that just kept happening it was not decided but today is little food co on, still only doing little or is it now started to do a <laughs> a lot more i would say we are not so little <laughs> not so little anymore right not so i think now it should be not so little food co it is i mean this whole year has been i mean we now are 13 years old wow um a, a, this march april we became 13 wow and it's it's yeah we are a teenager we're now a teenager <laughs> now in fact the life plan life plans all of them are far different to what it, also the pandemic changed a lot of mm. it but um it's a lot more different now so now i can say yes not so little. so it's outgrown a home now do you all have a, a central kitchen i got thrown out of three homes <laughs> we were thrown out overnight wow. and uh, because none of the housing societies are okay with us doing this because i was doing this from my mom's kitchen hmm. i thought that's also the only way i know how to do it so we kept even when we were asked to stop doing this from there hmm. because you're using the lift hmm. and all of that it start being visible hmm. I kept renting apartments only to do mm. this instead of kitchens. Mm. So I'd done that twice, and the third time I did this, we I was I was also I'm also co-founder of a 
another company called Tap Flight Tapped, mm-hmm. which is a beer festival. Oh, yeah. I know Soumya. Yeah, correct. correct. So that's His my partner. His kid and my kid are very so close. So Soumya, me and Neville are partners there, right? Lovely. So that also that started in 2014. Nice. So that was when um, I was at the event. It was the first Tapped, mm. and I've got a call from my brother saying that the, they've said that you can't use this place. So th- after that was the first time we came into like a commercial, commercial. small. 400 square feet 600 square i've done 400 i've literally done from like 200 till today it's at 2000 but i've done all the numbers all the iterations in between yeah it's so nice to see that if you stick to what you're good at mm-hmm. and incrementally improve you actually create a large sustainable business are you today funded externally no right i didn't think so because the minute you get funding Now there's pressure. Oh, the two thousand, say not to three thousand. Abhi twenty thousand square foot pecha. Oh, now suddenly go pan India. Correct. And that's where things many a times start to break, right? I like the organic growth story, and I think that has to be celebrated. Today people celebrate. Oh, we raised five million, ten million. <laughs> Books they go, they're down two hundred million a year. Correct. And they're they're celebrating. Oh, we raised so much, right? Yeah. I know large multinational companies that were two, three, four weeks away from shutting down. Right. Billion billion dollar companies that are a four week runway. It's ridiculous. Yeah. What is not celebrated enough is an entrepreneur on a smaller scale compared to a billion yes. dollar company who is creating employment, who is adding value, who is running it profitably. That's why you were able to weather the pandemic. You're still here today after the pandemic because beginning of the pandemic would have hit you. Yes. No. No. We thought this is it. This, <laughs> this is, is the end. It's done. There was yeah. There was no light. So how the... bad was pandemic? Um. So. Coming to the investment and you know mm. this part, mm. um, 2010 me as a startup entrepreneur, mm. none of these words existed mm. like how they do today. Mm. It it like I said right like one to business happened to me is one, but that time this was not a thing that that you'll get invested, mm. and I didn't even know any of this. Mm. Um, it and not just because I came from a certain background or I worked in mm. a corporate, mm. it was not there. Yeah. I had not even heard of companies. And this is the same time Pooja and me both launched. 2010 is when Pooja Dingra's Love 15 came in March, mm-hmm. and I had seen that, and I was like, and we have we were friends then. We had become friends because like mm-hmm. women who were mm-hmm. in the same. Correct. She broke all paradigms with, with being recognized as a pastry chef. I don't think people even knew that pastry What? chef is a separate <laughs> chef or a woman chef. None of this versus. So it was a good time to have that because. she was moving forward and i was in a catering sector which mm. is a back end it's not mm. visible mm. so it's our journeys began together but completely different way correct but it was again two women who were very young doing this in a sector where women were not there correct and nor was this investment situation there correct investment things have come to us investors have come or uh, the opportunity to do mm. that mm. has come after 2015 i would mm. think mm. and it's come continuously it ha- i don't think it has ever stopped it's there's not been a it has been a conscious decision to not do that mm. not be- for the right reasons i would think it's not there's no right or wrong reasons but i have personally never been confident to sit in front of an investor and say okay, yes i will take your money and do this like i said because the business was happening to me i was learning on the job for a really long time mm-hmm. Yes, we were growing consistently with that, and I was okay with that because one, it met my financial situation at home mm. to a point that there was comfort there, which means that now whatever risk I took was for me. Mm. But to add on a third layer of an investor, that confidence I personally lacked. Again, I thought that when they came to me, they are seeing restaurants getting acquired, mm. or they are seeing um, la- largely food panda. those stories were happening in 2015 right 16 the delivery mm. model mm. because that's the same time little food daily had launched mm. my uh, delivery mm. uh, sector mm. and we came across as completely different from regular deliveries because mm. we were doing that gourmet food in the bowls format Correct. which was very american uh, you know global trending stuff Correct. so it was very attractive at that time so we even got the company valued and all of that but like i said it did not still feel like I was ready to take on that investment, which today, in hindsight, I feel I'm incredibly ex- happy that we didn't do it at that time. Today, it's different. Mm. Today, I would see it as a very different path. Today, I would 
actually go out in the market and pick money for the right reasons. Nice. Then, because it was not a design plan, I would have rather not gone down mm-hmm. that road. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think the bubble finally has burst, right? Like the crazy bubbles that were created on incredible numbers and Correct. very inflated numbers, which didn't seem real from... I couldn't even figure out how 5,000 meals from one kitchen were being designed. I, I couldn't put every day, every day. There, it was not possible. That it didn't sound real. Correct. So I was not confident to do that. And that was the expectation from the investors, right? Like you said, 20,000 square feet. But what will I do with that? I didn't know what we will do with that. So then we we did not get into that space because of that. So right now, uh, Little Food Co. is Bombay-centric? Yes. Okay. If you had to explore another city, would mm. you explore or would you want to grow yes. deeper in Bombay or would you want to now take Little Food Co. to, let's say, Delhi or Bangalore or Hyderabad? No. So here's the thing. I de- definitely Bombay still has obviously a lot more that we can do, uh, especially from the delivery uh, perspective. I know that there is a potential that I have not yet uh, mm. tapped fully. Mm. I've seen the delivery potential during the pandemic. Till then, my delivery business was... Um, you know, like a 5 or 10% of the larger chunk. It's been predominantly a catering business, which is a very service-oriented. It's The scalability of that is very different. Either the scale it would become weddings or it remains in the space which I am. But I'm constantly growing it to from like we were 10 people, hmm. we would cater to today we can cater to 1,000. Oh, wow. Correct. So then just that much growth as well is different. But in Bombay, um, 1,000 people, where will you do? It'll be in hotels, which mm. means that is a hotel catering already. Correct. So we won't fall into that space. So you've, I think, narrowed down your niche. Yes. But that niche also exists in other cities. Correct. So now my, if you ask me which city I would like to go for with the catering mm. business, I would go to Ahmedabad. Oh. I would actually, I'm very strongly considering mm. Ahmedabad as a market mm. versus a Delhi Bangalore yet. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? One is that uh, there is an aspirational value to Bombay, what's coming from Bombay, you know, for that Mm -hmm. uh, market. It's not technically tier, it doesn't fall under tier 1, not tier 2. But the thing is, it's in that in-between space. So, we get a lot of inquiries from Pune, which we can service from here. Mm. I've also already done a lot of work in Ahmedabad, Surat, Baroda. Gujarati people also, it's one thing that they do travel Mm -hmm. uh, a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So, they this whole food thing is a big thing. Food is a very big part of that culture. Um, travel a lot, eat a lot, enjoy life, which I think and is... And they spend money on this. So Absolutely. It's the, and I come from this background. Like, I understand that community well. And I feel like Ahmedabad would be a good place for us to set up. If I'm taking it out of the city, it's close enough in that sense. That's a very interesting angle because most companies would have said, oh, Bangalore is the next biggest market. We're going to go there and Delhi is after that and Hyderabad after that. And then we'll go to Chennai, Kolkata. I liked how you were able to identify Ahmedabad knowing... How people are. Yes. The aspirational part, which is very, very which interesting. Very the other day I was talking to a founder uh, who does food supplements. Mm? And uh, what he told me is, he's like, Ashwin, do you know who is our biggest market? Tier 2 cities. Yes. He's like, tier 2 cities will order 5, 5, 10, 10 kgs of supplements. Two reasons. One, aspiration. Because they're like, oh, we're not getting to be in a tier 1 city. But we want to have that physique. We want, And we have the disposable income. But we don't have that life, so we will spend on us more, which is interesting. Yes. And uh, I was actually with in a friend's house. He had six different kinds of nutrition bars. He had protein water. And I have not seen protein water in Mumbai. This guy had like huge things about it. He's like, oh, this water drink, because he was in that entire fitness journey. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen anyone in Mumbai spend that kind of money on their fitness journey, which is incredible. So I, so I really love that insight. So, when are you planning to do this and what is stopping from doing it like next month? Um, I, this year, one is that three years went into mm. restructuring a lot of, because yeah. again, now instead of the business happening to you, you had to suddenly, like the situation <laughs> was different, right? Now, this is the year I'm finally saying that now we will make the business happen. Nice. I so, like um, this even to be able to say this that yes, Ahmedabad is a consideration is because now it will be. Nice. Now these things will happen. Right. And nice. now, that's why I say that now if there's an investment opportunity, I would take it. this now because I have a plan for it. Beautiful. And I can see where it would be utilized and why. So, I have been an observer of business for the last 15 plus years. Sure. Right. Uh, 
my own and uh, I used to be back in the day I used to do a bunch of angel investments so I've been watching businesses very closely and I take a lot of uh, keen interest not just in the business but also in the entrepreneur right and there are times when you can actually see the entrepreneur leveling up this is like one of those moments in our mind you're like the minute you said hey I'm going to take control over you know this thing that showed me that level up moment and whenever that happens use that momentum yeah. to scale because I think the brand that you've created obviously because the product and the service that you've launched is something niche mm. right it's not going to be very easy for somebody to replicate that because it right. comes with the years of experience not just to building a brand but also creating that entire ambience at the site it's experience it's, yeah. it's an experiential thing it's not just the quality of food is the overall thing that you yeah. deliver the whole process the whole people everything right so i think you've nailed it down if i think this year literally is the best time for you to scale it is and not go to five, six cities, do one city, do it well for the next two, three years, then go to the next city and perfect time to raise funds as well. Because now investors are no longer that keen on putting $5 million checks into a tech bubble company. I hope so. They would rather do half a million or a million in an invest, I mean, in a company that's already showing success yeah. rather than a promise of success. Oh, I will build a thing for yeah. like five years down the line after six years and become cash positive. I think now VCs are like, boss, okay, we've burnt enough money. Yes. We've spent enough money. Now let's go down to business which actually making money. Yeah. Smaller checks, but they will see, they'll be able to drive the, that the investment will actually make something on the ground move, right? So perfect time to do that. Do you think food companies should raise money or should they stay bootstrapped? No, no. They should, they can do both ways. Okay. Absolutely. Today, I feel like now the market is so different. If today I was launching something, I would suggest that maybe take friends and family round mm. for all it mm. means. But mm. to do it the way I did it at that time may not work today. Mm. So I don't, it was not wrong for me then. Of course not. But it would be today probably requires a lot more. It's a lot more competitive. And it's a lot more, there's a lot more options available, right? Mm. Like there are things that can help you. Mm. It depends how you utilize that money. That's still, that will always apply. But today, I would not recommend somebody to bootstrap it to that level. Okay. I started with 11,000 rupees. It, wow. <laughs> I needed to change that oven in my mother's um, kitchen. So this, this legendary oven, I, I need a photo of this. <laughs> I, I need to bring it up on screen. Please send us a photo I of this will. oven. I, I would love to bring it up on screen. I will. Uh, so shifting gears a little bit on your personal life. Hmm. Uh, you have represented India. In throwball or volleyball? <laughs> throwball. In throwball. Let's. Yeah. I, I want to double click on that just a moment. I heard it. I was like, one second. Why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't this in the talking points or anywhere else? Right. Uh, tell me that story. Like, when did that start? So, At what age did you represent India? That was that's interesting. This is a from school life. Okay. This is literally like me and my brother both were completely into sports. Mm -hmm. My parents uh, worked very hard to get us into, you know, constant training every day. I would think it, man. Today, if any of my friends had to do that for their children, it's not possible. It's, it's difficult. It's not possible because after school, my mum would sit with me for three hours when badminton training is happening or there is throw ball training happening. It started from school, but they were passionate about sports and they put us both. My dad would go 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. with my brother wow. for cricket and then he would go to school and I would finish school and go for badminton. Wow. So it would be and we played for the state. He played for, he was almost going to go for Ranji. So it's, we maintained that. Um, it's a fun, it's a very strange story, but I did not do well in my 10th standard. Mm. And you know, the boards at that time, man, to do well in those was such a big thing. Correct. And we didn't do well. And I was very upset about it because, you know, you're with friends and you're with peers and you're like, you're the lowest. I, I didn't fail, but I was not good. And I didn't know that and I because I was excelling so much in sports and I did not see that there was value as a child you won't see it of course. and then NM college is where I'd applied but I would have applied via sports quota and my friend who had got 93% or something was sitting with me and saying oh the first list for the college is out so mm. can you we were in the car together I said okay yeah you can go and mm. check if your name's there because 92 or 93 should be there. And she's like, don't you want to see? And I said, I'm not going to be on that list. I don't think I'm going to get into NM. We'll have to <laughs> make some calls because I don't think this is going to happen for me. She comes back running out and says that her name is not there. It's 92 page, so her name is not there. But she's like, yours is there. And I was like, how is that possible? She's like, you're the 
first one in the sports quota. Wow. She's like, your name is on the top. Wow. And I was like, I then saw the value of what I had because I was also doing that during school hours nice. and working towards that. So that time, throwball was also, I was a throwball captain of uh, the team. Mm. But that was a team sport. Correct. Badminton was alone. But sport was big. So both these players, I was the captain of my badminton team as well as my throwball team. I, and then college happened. Nice. And NM college also is a sports friendly mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. college, which mm -hmm. is amazing because that helped. So I continued playing badminton for NM mm. while I used to play for the club as well. And throwball team happened again. So that time when that happened is uh, they got a call saying that we have you know, even the national level teams are being selected. So mm. state, so every state was submitting entries mm. for like 10 women mm. out of which two would have got selected from each state. Mm. And I got picked from Maharashtra. Wow. <laughs> and we went to Calcutta. It was a one-off. It was, uh, even we were surprised. It was, and we went for 40 days training in Nagpur oh. where we met the remaining team. And that was an experience, you know, Bombay girls, do not know what they are getting into when <laughs> they sign up for this. something like this. We were completely shocked that we were not. And we dressed differently. We spoke differently. We ate differently from everybody. It was, uh, language was the barrier. All the girls spoke different languages. But yeah, we went and then Calcutta happened. We had to go and play a tournament there. Wow. And then after that, I never played throwball till now. Till three years ago. And now you picked it up again. So, yes. I, I want to touch upon the part where you played for India. So, this is where you represent this India is, and who did you play against? We played with uh, Sri Lanka, we huh. played with Bangladesh. We lost to the Bangladesh girls okay. and then came back home. Okay. But you still yeah. represent the country, yeah. which I think is awesome. It I remember bad. back in school, I used to play baddie. Hmm. And I used to play baddie for state. And uh, the you, you touched upon how parents can kind of drive yes. you. Like, my mom used to wake me up at 5 o'clock and we both used to go to Shivaji Park Gymkhana. To play over there, like practice over there, play over there. And she had to sit there, right? Because, oh, yeah, and they've done and that. And that. that time there was no iPad, there was nothing. no smartphone, there. <laughs> there's nothing. I watched you. It's been, I can't think about how it was. So, my son plays chess mm. uh, at, at India level, right? Uh, Amazing. National level chess player. And before the pandemic, every Sunday of mine, every Sunday, used to be wake up at 6.37, Drive him to whichever chess tournament. Correct. Sit outside for four, five, six, eight hours. Thank God for iPads. Yeah. Right. Uh, I know how far I can put that, push the iPad battery now. Like yeah. you know, lower the <laughs> this and lower the find charging points, whatever it is. So I could catch up on Netflix. I could catch up on my email. But my there was no Sunday. Yeah. Like, that was my Sunday. Like my Sunday used to be that. Because of the pandemic, now thank God that has stopped and things have moved online. Uh, but yeah, it requires that it's level passion. of passion. From a parent and obviously yes. from the kid. I mean, Absolutely. nothing take away from the kid. Absolutely. But uh, that that plays a very important role. Uh, if I ask a question, if I ask your parents if they are proud of what you do, what do you think the answer would be? <laughs> They'll cry. Oh, that's They'll so sweet. Cry. Like I said, right, they've been part of the business. They've been part of this sports part. Um, uh, also, they've been part of the adversity part, right? Like, so obviously there were things that went so wrong that we landed up in that situation. Mm -hmm. But... I am who I am because of that. Today, I learned to cook, mm. not because I just didn't like that food. We couldn't travel anymore to the places we used to or couldn't eat in the restaurants that we used to. So, I learned to cook. And that has come this far. So, why I learned cooking is and where we've landed mm. is a very, it's a family mm. journey. It's there. We're all in this together. Your brother also is a part of No, this? no. He's, he's <laughs> in the tech world. In the tech world. <laughs> yeah. And he works in ad tech. And your parents are still involved in it or? Not? No, now they are. My, I mean, my, I take my dad's help in like admin related things. Okay. So, he's around for okay. that. My mom is chilling. She's proud. She'll tell everybody about it. <laughs> she's proud. She's loud. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, absolutely. That's the best. Absolutely. So, she's your best cheerleader. Today. Yes. So, uh, now let's jump back uh, back into the business piece. Today, how do you curate menus? So, before we jump into the curate menus, uh, let's just double click on the Thai Pani Puri. I would love to know the story behind that. Right. So, um, the Thai Pani Puri was because there was Thai curry in the house mm. and there was Pani Puri made actually mm. for lunch mm. or dinner. And I would have been a smarty who mm. doesn't want to eat Pani Puri and has put that curry into the puri for mm. fun. Mm. And... And I was like, this is not bad. There's something about it that still works. So when we designed that menu, 
uh, before that i had friends coming over mm. one day probably and i was like you know i'm going to make this but it has to be cold because mm. it can't be a hot curry mm. in mm. puri mm. and i just made a using the thai ingredients mm. made a pani mm. but with coconut milk mm. and it worked and it worked it has taken variations because first the filling had you know probably the mm. same filling mm. of a pani puri with had the uh, your uh, mm. dal and your this um potato, potato huh. which didn't work hmm. and eventually we moved to corn peppers and i was like okay a thai literally just the puri if it has to be uh, hmm. the thing that i'm borrowing from hmm. our culture hmm. but all the ingredients are thai nice what happens then and i got written about because of that mostly we got written about only because of that i think and we got you know like calls were coming when they were like the you are the thai pani puri girl <laughs> so I was called a Thai pani puri caterer or Thai pani puri girl for a very long time. And that would have pigeonholed you <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, and we serve that till date. It's thirteen years, and it's still on our menu. And is it, is it still one of your best sellers? It's or? not a best seller today because huh. you know, uh, like you said, when you ask for menus, the idea is that what we put out is what will come. Uh, you know, most likely you will pick up. Hmm. So we push it in certain. categories where you're looking for modern fusion indian that's when it does play a part mm. but i had a party right now for 13 years celebration we've never celebrated uh, any of these milestones mm. not with people and mm. none mm. of this mm. so but we wanted to showcase what we do mm. versus um, just being it doesn't matter to anybody else that we turn 30 mm. but the idea is that if i'm saying okay let's celebrate it what are we going to show because all our events my work is celebration correct Right, it's celebrating whatever, whatever somebody's anniversary, yeah. birthday, Correct. corporate, whatever. So we are like, if you we are to celebrate Little Food Co, what would we showcase? So we came out with the new menus for this year that nice. we want to do, nice. as well as a new look and a venue. We finally are tied up at a venue as well, so we were going to showcase that. Brilliant. The first thing we served there was the Thai Pai Puri, only to realize that <laughs> people who have known me for so long or have been mm. my their food industry friends Correct. had not eaten it. but they were most excited to <laughs> try this one because it's genuinely not it it around. sounds so interesting that even without having it you feel like i must have this yeah. like what is this i must have this yeah, it's one it of has that appeal to it right yeah uh, how do you innovate at little food co uh i travel okay i because that's the only i've learned to eat while traveling since i'm a kid and i because i don't have training i've not studied um, culinary i have learned on the job either with little food company but all the new stuff that comes in any inspiration that mm. comes in has mm. come in from traveling nice so i travel to eat literally that and sounds I'll like me to places <laughs> where i'm going to bring back something from there to figure out how to inculcate in within our menus as well as our flavors and nice. all of it but now yeah it's far far more easier to do that today and so today uh, if i come to little food co Do I tell you, okay, I want this, 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 or do you say, hey, here are the ten, twenty, thirty options? Can you select? You know, it'd be it would be great if you told me what you wanted, but you'll be surprised. Nobody knows what they want. They all they know is that they want, you know, khana chahiye, esa chahiye. They'll tell me that why don't you recommend, right? Ah. So then we have created our recommendations, but nice. we've gone across cuisine to make sure that we cover you in that sense that we have Asian, Mexican, Mediterranean, Indian, and Indian. served with a twist indian served with a twist is where we usually fight back mm. and push a little bit and then it works but the rest works with us easily mexican become is a popular choice mm. with mm. when it comes to little food company because very few places do it as well as from a catering perspective we were one of the first to do a lot so are you mexican. only vegetarian or vegan no 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 and we were i have been born and brought up vegetarian i would so guess so huh when i was when we started this it was vegetarian uh-huh. it was vegetarian till the day i quit star and started <laughs> because i had to also start eating hmm. to no. oh so you converted to non vegetarian so that you can actually oh wow that would have been a big yeah. big move yeah big move that's a big move yeah, yeah. and my parents everything open minded because it was not like I, honestly more of a religious thing it was just that yeah it was never we made it home, people so, we huh. yeah we just we were vegetarian hmm. but um, i used to find that limiting and i was like as a business i don't think this works hmm. right so as soon as we decided oh, i'm going to quit my job and i'm going to do this then this better have appeal to everyone and not 
uh, this. So I started eating during those nine months to learn. Nice. And yeah. Was that a like a <laughs> blasphemous thing in your family? Or no, not for like, my immediate family, huh. but maybe for my extended, it would have been a Shock. surprise. Huh. But I mean, nobody, nobody could have really challenged it. Yeah, I don't think we had <laughs> g- given that kind of option that we would take somebody else's opinion. <laughs> the four of us are a unit. Till the time we four function, it was fine. I think for my mom, it was like, till the time I was not touching beef, it was okay. But then to even that. (laughs) What is your vision for Little Food Co. as you grow now? Um, I see it as a hospitality empire, Mm. actually. Oh, I like the empire. Yeah, I see it as that. I would want the catering business to be um, a primary business. Mm. The delivery part is the thing. We have subscription, which we do, but we just don't promote it very well. I, I feel like that I need to figure that out. Mm. But the healthy subscription space, I would like to get into school canteens. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm actually a little bit mm-hmm. more uh, this about that. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to design kids food uh, differently and a restaurant? Is that happening anytime? You know, the restaurant comes up every year uh-huh. that I'm like, okay, this year I'm going to do it. This year I'm going to do it. But yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of glamour associated with it, but I think it also is under uh, under that glamour, there's a mountain of hard work and uncertainty. I think it's the fact that I'm already in that. Okay. I'm already in the non-glamorous. Uh, I've seen that. What people think, how Little Food Company and the catering, I know she's a big caterer. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the other side to it is just, it's ridiculous, right? So the back end of something like that, but... Uh, which I'm prepared for with the restaurant as well. But I do recognize that that comes with extreme asset heavy compared to the business I currently run. I feel like I, till the time the pandemic hit, till 2019, this was the plan. 2020 was my restaurant plan. Mm. The pandemic I th- and the last three years made me reevaluate the potential mm. of Little Food Company mm. um, because I was made to see it. Mm. We can come to that as well. But um, so differently that the I don't think we've tapped the potential of it even remotely. Like I said, till now, if the business happened, if I now go out to do this business, what happens then? I would like to see that before I step into... It's literally like sitting, saying that I am here. I can grow this immediately here versus I start with a restaurant and I bring it here. So... so- Again, whether I take money from out or don't take money from out, this becomes a mitigated risk that I already have for Correct. even somebody who's coming in to put money with the restaurant. Correct. That this we will run and this has is a proper cash cow that can Correct. work well. And you can scale that. That's when we will come in with the restaurant. So, uh, are you doing this alone? Do you have business partners? No. All alone? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you like, help me. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> and I think that's another reason why it's taken its own time. It's taken its own... Um, that's why I would say that today, if somebody else had to do it, they probably won't do it the way I did it. And they shouldn't. Because it's taken me 13 years to be here. Um, out of which, three years I kind of lost. So, 10 years, I would say. Mm. But um, the way to do this right would be that a partner, money, a little bit more of uh, action faster because I was learning on the job. Today, if I have to partner in or bring in the money, it would be with somebody who empowers me now. It cannot be somebody who I'm training. I'd rather be with somebody who comes with experience and in fact, takes us from here to the next. Correct. Otherwise, it doesn't So, you don't need somebody who knows how to run a catering company. You don't need somebody who understands food. Yeah. You probably need somebody who understands business, Business. who understands scale, who understands raising money because that itself is a beast by itself, right? Raising money is not like, oh, I went and I presented and I got money and I came back. And I don't want to be in that rat race either. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't want to be in that rat race. Yeah, I don't want to be in that race that your your one fund means you have to get the next one. No, it's like if we are raising, we raise for the right point and it grew to a certain amount. So, the right set of investors would, uh, for you would not be a typical VC who would no. expect, uh, uh, you know, uh, out in three years or four years. Yeah. Right. And they either want you to raise the next round so they can get out or they want yeah. to be IPO, which you may or may not reach. No. It should be somebody who understands uh, the market, who is a long-term investor. Correct. And their horizon should be five to ten years and not three to four. Correct. A VC would come with a three to four because that's their mandate, that's, right? So and that's how it is. And that's, that's how the industry. market is structured. But and it's structured for different institutions, correct. right? This is not. And uh, if I understand scale, if I understand how capex in your thing would work, you don't need VC level money. You will need somebody who's smart, like what is uh, known as a strategic investor. Yes. Who also understands 
a little bit more on the business side who understands food business correct maybe not catering but food business yeah right and uh, who can possibly even give you access to a new sector that you probably haven't looked at for example uh, are you big more on home cake like home and uh, anniversaries and birthdays or are you big on corporate like which is a sector which you are more popular in uh we would fall more under the house party catering but it we are because of the price point that we are now at you will end up we spill over into the corporate world nice right because it's we are catering two levels above probably a vp level mm-hmm. so then that function works in the corporate sector because we are a luxury catering yes. company and exactly. a gourmet one right Correct. so uh corporate caterings have usually like three levels mm-hmm. so we won't fall under the corporate canteen structure of course not so we would fall under your cxo ceo level right so then that comes in via house events as well because their home that's event that's the audience that you're catering to at home over. correct yeah and But their kids kids is a very big business so oh. kids is the largest uh, because they are having birthdays they are all celebrating birthdays nice. all the time nice so the same ca- the audience remains technically the same but we are catering to them everywhere So when I said that I want to be a food empire basically we want to be a complete food solution mm-hmm. which means that if you require kids boxes that you can take to a picnic to the mm. all the parties that are happening at a turf right mm. they have mm. football parties that box meal of like four course versus in the pandemic we were sending seven course meal hampers for two fancy food because food was the only thing that was happening in the pandemic and there was no delivery was big or you're above 25 people and we we'll cater with service you're under 20 people we don't cater with service mm. but we can deliver party food mm. which kit has is designed for group ordering versus how you order from a restaurant from we are in that space i would think only competing with pizza mm. because pizza is easy right as mm. a big sharing yeah. thing yeah. but any place where you're ordering uh, appetizers from especially appetizers mm. you want appetizers and dips and chips mm. in a party going to any restaurant you'll get five pieces because mm. that's how they they'll send you exactly a restaurant portion Correct. versus we are doing everything by the dozen so for when you're nice. 10 12 people or watching even an IPL game today mm. it makes sense for you to order from us so Brilliant. whether you are one person on my healthy subscription program you're one person on my zomato ordering just for yourself mm. you're 10 people watching something you're 25 people we'll cater you have children we'll cater we'll send you a box I'll come to your office and cater. Nice. We cater for ad film shoots. That's it. I don't know that. That's pretty cool. So is that a is that a new thing or is no, that? It's always been there, but it's okay. something that I it I don't have to put on social media. That's why it doesn't show up. Correct. So it doesn't come up because, because I didn't know you did that. But, I but follow you on social. I've that. not I've not seen. Exactly. I, maybe the ad world knows it, but I had not. So it's only for the ad world, and then there are photographers who are they have smaller shoots, right? Mm. So then again, those box meals work. So. Basically, we want to be able to function in a manner that we can cater from an ad art gallery mm. to a car showroom. We do all of it. It's just how do you position it so it's a full food solution. You tell us what you needed for where. So, I have never seen Little Food Co in this light, mm. which is very interesting. <laughs> so, for me, Little Food Co always was, hey, if I'm having a party at home, Little Food Co is the premium solution that's available to Correct. me. Correct. it never came to me as i have two kids we've had so many birthdays it never came to me that oh this could be a kids, kids birthday party. party thing right or oh i'm having a office thing and it's a board meeting or oh, like 15 people i need to cater to so i never maybe it's brand positioning yeah but that's never come to me so now i'm very glad that you brought that up so that people are aware of it ki hey this all things are available it's not a yeah. little food co when you said hey there's some rebranding happening Is mm. that with the look feel, or is it not? Is is it going to be now called not little food? <laughs> no, but the ha- yeah, the I mean, we worked with that for the entire event, and mm. this month it's not so little. Mm-hmm. Basically, to be able to position and talk about this, so I would be brave enough to say this is the first time we've hired a marketing and PR and social media company. Excellent. We've never done that till now. Mm-hmm. I was running the marketing my mm-hmm. way. and again i don't think it's to just say oh there's a lot more it's in fact for me to be able to delegate a part of it saying that now we've created a tone of voice mm-hmm. now let's talk about nice who we are and that's why i wanted to do that event to showcase you know because you've seen it in somebody else's house party yeah. so you've seen it in their setup correct you've seen it in a kids party or you've got a box in your office and come mm. but 
if you are to see it in its entirety that event was designed for that yes. and all the content that will come out for this next four months will come from there brilliant so it will be more evident what we do brilliant do you have any questions for me yes what do you do <laughs> What's happening at uh, Equinox? Equinox, I think we've been, uh, I mean, it's predominantly a food, water, air testing lab. Yeah. Which from outside looks like this very boring business that is there because there are 10,000 other food, water, air testing labs in the country. What oh. makes us a little different is our people and our culture. And last but not the least is how we innovate, right? Uh, as a laboratory, you, you have, hey, you send a sample, you get a sample back. But what we look at is, hey, for that client, for that customer, what are other things that are troubling him? And how can we make their life easier? So all our innovation stems with what we call a CX, customer experience. Right. What can we do to make it better? And that's something we've been focusing on for the like good seven, eight years now. And that has changed the way the industry perceives us. Uh, today, if you go to any food company and say, hey, uh, let's say I'm starting something new and I come to you and I say, hey, you know, I need to do testing of this water. Like, where do I root from? We are the most recommended name for a very simple reason. We've been talking about the importance of it. We've been helpful to people who are not our clients as well. Somebody comes to us saying, I want to start something. We will spend two, three, four hours with them. Not with the hope that you buy from me. Our hope is we're educating you. Mm. We will let you know things which are outside our scope. We will tell you about things which we don't even do. We'll tell them about food photography. We'll tell them about website. Hey, you have to worry about cold chain. You have to do this. You have to look at this kind of packaging. Here are some new regulations coming in, which has nothing to do with our services. So by being super helpful to people when they're starting off, they're not going anywhere else, they're coming to you. So our word of mouth has been our strongest growth strategy. That makes two of we us. <laughs> exactly, right? There I know. I mean, no other way. Completely. However, unfortunately, word of mouth is not scalable. Mm. That is where sales and marketing comes in. So today in the country, we have literally the largest sales and marketing team any lab has. Even labs are bigger than us, hmm. probably 50, 60 years old, or older than us also. They are multinationals also. But we are almost number three today in the country because we are doing things differently. right? We are competing with multinational companies of billion dollars. Uh, but they are also in the food They uh, are testing. also in the exact same space. Okay. They've tried to acquire us. And uh, this is a very interesting conversation that I had. So I am wondering why are they trying to acquire us? Hmm. So uh, I'm not going to name the company. Uh, it's uh, I think a $3 billion company globally. They have about 100,000 people that work for them. They have presence in India. So I was like, then that Asia head came to our uh, facility saying, hey, you know, we're looking to acquire you. We had basic conversation. Then I was like, yeah, why? You have, if I have 10 machines, you have 300. Right? Why are you acquiring us? So he uh, got up on the board and he drew a triangle. He broke the triangle in three parts. He's like, see this top over here? This is where Pepsi, Coke, and all these kind of accounts are there. And there are two, three, four global players, including them, that we fight for these accounts. They're very large accounts who spend lakhs and crores and millions of dollars on testing. He's like, but once you come down the pyramid to the mid-sized companies, to the bottom companies, and that number at the bottom is huge. huge. Nobody even knows we exist because we've never marketed to them. Nobody knows we exist. We've only, only fought on this big thing. And that's a big chunk, but nobody down the pyramid knows. And in India, if we go to any company and say that, hey, in testing, who do you know? Your name came up not once, but 100 times. Yeah. That is why we want to acquire you. Not for your technology, not because you have a water machines that, that they we already have. have. That all of us have. We have 10 times more than you. But that brand that you've created, the recognition today that you have with smaller companies. And today we have what, almost touching 75,000 companies we work with. We, while we work with the Mondelez, we work with an HUL. We are a lot more excited of working with a smaller company that's just started out. Mm. I'm more excited if I met you 13 years ago when you're starting out of your home did, yeah. and you know you're like hey I need this done we would spend time with you and because we know for you we are moving the needle for natural Mondelez we are one out of 300 labs that they were grown if you move the needle it's so small nobody yeah. can recognize it but for smaller companies we've taken them from a zero to hundred and they're still with us because we were there when they were a zero we invented today when they're hundred they're with us and we are with them right and we always look out for their best interest so, so everything we do has been around that space and which I think is very exciting for us. And that's the purpose of why we exist. It's not to make money. Yes, we are. are we making money? Of course, are we profitable? 100%, right? The point is that is what excites us. Okay, how can we add new value? Like we just uh, yesterday launched a new product. It's called Compliance Cloud. Have you heard of this body called FSSAI? 
new regulations keep coming out every day are you aware of all the regulations that come out no nobody knows till you find out that the regulation is 1 wrong. year old 2 years old the guy is showing up with a chalan madam ye aapke paas nahi hai madam wo aapke paas hai we don't do something wrong we don't know correct right until you're caught, no you may be doing it wrong you whenever you get caught and the yeah. suddenly say like, oh, i have to redo this I have to redo packaging whatever it is right compliance cloud is a simple solution where every week you get one little email hmm. that email summarizes all the things that happened last week correct 3 to 10 regulations in a small little summary email this much that's all you have to read now if you want to go deeper if it applies to you you can click and download the full 50 page document or click a button and line up a call with us and we will let you know what the regulations Explain. now something that way has been launched we pre launched it we had hundreds of people saying wow that's amazing we went to a couple of big companies like i don't want to name like large retail companies they're willing to pay us lakh rupees for that information why they're like boss today we have big teams trying to figure this out and we are not able to get clarity on it but if you guys are getting clarity we have south so saying it today we have launched it and we could have charged more we we'll launched it for something like 5000 rupees a year hmm. so no brainer if it gives you one accessible. insight it's accessible to everybody lot of bigger companies said that why are you making it so cheap like oh you are undervaluing the product i'm like i don't think i'm undervaluing the product i'm giving more importance to my client i will make money i have no i will make money in a five, even a 3000 i'll make yeah you know 5000 i think money i could have charged 30000 however guess what at 30000 they wouldn't have made money why okay. only top 20 100 people will buy correct at 3 5000 bucks i love a lack of people buying this so that's the difference so that innovation has been fun and that's what i think keeps me super excited as what new things we can do so here's the thing yeah. i'll tell you um, a similar story mm. there's somebody who's come to invest mm. acquire acquire mm. whatever all of those mm. and i'm like why same hmm. why do you need us hmm. what we bring to them yes it add to their top line revenue but they he could acquire anybody hmm. he could acquire any brand hmm. it'd be cheaper to acquire a brand hmm. that's fairly newer than hmm. ours right hmm. for them because if it's just about adding top line because their game might be fundraising but he said something to me and this was just like yesterday hmm. saying that this is a company with soul and it's a brand that's built on you know it's it's goes beyond money right because that's not something you can make with money so to acquire a brand of this kind brings a different angle to that revenue versus it just being just money. being revenue and and then when money is added to a brand like this you're able to scale lot it more can happen. scale it a lot more and uh, i think if you have changed your mind from not raising money to raising money i think you've done it at the right time two yeah. reasons one market shift Two, you've yourself made that mind shift of, hey, now nah, I won't take charge of where this is going. Rather than happening to me, yes. I'm going to make it happen. So I think those two things meeting is a fantastic time to. Look. And the post pandemic, I think it's a value seen after. I have seen the value of what we built during the surviving a pandemic. So and that's a huge skill. Yeah, so and that came out of like nine months catering business was shut. Wow, and uh, the, we had the delivery piece because of uh, we had started mm. in two thousand sixteen. Mm. But mm. like I said, it was five percent of the business, and I thought in April twenty twenty, we thought this is it, this is the end because I don't have an income mm. other than this, mm. and I have no way to pay pay out the twenty mm. seven people who work there wow. or their families because this is they come from a different uh, lifestyle where their women don't work and stuff. So you're like, how is anybody going to survive this? and we four uh, the top four chefs and me we were like okay we'll come into the kitchen and start the delivery piece and see i had started sending out messages to because for catering mm. this was the where the game changer lied that mm. for catering you had to reach us directly you mm. could not go to zomato swiggy mm. none of these mm. apps mm. which means that you had direct access to me or my team mm. uh we started sending out messages saying that hey you know we've opened the kitchen we're following whatever you know the governments at yeah. that time whatever they were telling us to do mm. i said we have the emergency services we can service uh this is the kind of food if you mm. are eating out mm. you know we kept writing very strongly that if you are eating out because everyone's cooking at home they yeah. were not eating out yeah. because we thought we get covid yeah. just by eating yeah so at that time the information was so poor that even we i was like we are taking a risk by coming to work and doing this but i Correct. don't have another option Correct. and we were just four of us trying to cook for as many people as we could and we worked i don't think i have worked this hard after the first 5 years right like i physically was back in the kitchen physically cooking physically packing 
and you know literally taking snap pictures and videos of to show people that this is how we are doing it so yep. that if you order if you order from out reach me hmm. i had i if i showed screenshots i should have taken them actually i've hmm. missed it but we had clients telling us that thank god you started hmm. and that we can order from you're the only place we are ordering from people have offered me money on whatsapp hmm. saying that do you need money to hmm. you know sustain this right now hmm. wow and i didn't even know that that's an op- <laughs> that's, I, a- that's i was not asking for that nor did i even think of it hmm. and nor did i need it it hmm. was more from the perspective that i saw the value that we built and it was like they were like they would write to me saying that for ordering from a restaurant that says they're taking care they don't know who it is but hmm. but because my staff has been seen in their own home hmm. or the fact that they know me as an owner uh, and i am sitting in the kitchen and send, you know literally sending these videos and cooking and all of that that faith was everything and that changed how the pandemic turned for us we Brilliant. grew the delivery business by 300% holy shit <laughs> wow okay that's and a game changer again, for sure i didn't do this it happened to us because clients said we are going to eat only with you we have served certain families and food every day people who had covid for 14 days mm. and they were staying alone mm. those meals were going by us oh wow okay i don't um, know you all did that people who wanted to you were sending food because huh. food gifting became a thing right yeah. because everybody could only do yeah. food there was no retail yeah. no nothing correct we became the largest food gifting live food right because i we didn't huh. do package food i correct. don't do cookies and mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. which means it's all proper food and when diwali came we launched the seven course hamper and i made 400 of those Wow. and we realized that we became a food gifting company in that that's same a new time. category But that was unlocked we pivoted every 3 months i even did the diy kits because if you are going to eat at home mm. and we realized mothers are not allowing kids to eat out mm. if you know if they are eating mm. out mm. so i'm like okay so let's this is why i'm a little bit more concerned about the kids food angle even in the restaurants now it's not really played out mm. well mm. i'm like we designed food kits which the mums will make for children specifically nice and that took a whole to so rakshabandhan was that our food <laughs> kits became rakshabandhan gifts like <laughs> but not something i thought is going to happen but people have applied that nice mind and yeah it ha- i have what we have not done in 10 years i've done in those 2 years 2020 and 2021 and in fact i think we saw massive success in 22 23 is because of the we became far more popular in the pandemic mm. because now it was not just party catering mm. but this and delivery means we were delivering from andheri to thane or to town oh wow because my guy yeah. we had i had my own riders always mm. so we did not need zomato swiggy nice and we didn't need anybody else and in fact the margins stayed with us which helped me pay salaries without um any deductions or anything nothing else. if uh, and this is my last question i didn't you. take salary for 6 months and i said that till they don't reach i can't pay my team full 100% mm. i won't take money out nice but uh, yeah <laughs> it worked so my last question to you is if i was supposed to start a food business for the first time mm-hmm. i would say don't <laughs> what advice would you give me because uh, post retirement i want to start a food business so what advice would bhakti give ashwin if i have if i come to you saying bhakti i want to start a food business why <laughs> what why do you want yes that's i think that's a great question because that's something i've always wanted to do hmm. that's it that's, that's my answer that's not a good answer that's not a good answer that's not a okay. good answer because that mean that is why most of the restaurants fold today um uh, it looks glamorous mm. it looks like me owning a restaurant means i'll host my friends and mm. family and okay a little food company in the first year when i started it mm. and i thought it, i will be catering only to friends and family na kisi ko pata nahi hai how will somebody even know of us instagram had launched in 2010 the same <laughs> year i launched is the same year instagram, instagram had launched. launched so we did not know how to use it yet the first picture on little food company mm. if you will see is thai pani puri oh nice on the yeah i also saw it now because we were doing this campaign of 13 years explore like, all the way down we like hey you know we should see what 2010 if instagram launched what did we put out that time it was the thai pani puri <laughs> first photo 
So you're like, it, it came at that time when all of this didn't exist, right? So nobody knew. But so I thought it's going to be friends and family who are going to make this hmm. happen. Nobody had ordered. No friends and family is ordering. This, they will come when you throw the party. They are not going <laughs> to not order. Going to yeah, up, they are not. So if you are, again, having to do this as a business for people, first know who your target audience is. I would suggest or I would actually think that uh, a single um, um, a single item product like a pizza, just burger joints, things like that have far more scalability mm. than what I do today, right? Like you, that is so easy to customize mm. and mm. move across mm. country. And so it depends what you want to do, why you want to do it. But if it's for the fun of it, there is, pro I promise you, there is no there fun. Is no fun. And you will lose lots of money without knowing that you think you're making money, but you're not. And uh, no, but if you are going to do this, I would say to partner with the right person. Uh, I would not do it alone. I would do it with somebody who's already in the business. If it's just to be in the business for the love of food, then join somebody who also has that. Nice. And already has that built in with them or mm. they are empowering you with it. Mm. Like today I said, if I had to bring, up, bring, bring on a partner today, it has to be somebody who's stronger than us so that we will grow. And but something not and, a, and a skill set which is complementary. Yes. Not the exact same skill. Not the same skill Like I don't need another chef. I huh. need so in a my case, partner. I, I don't need another business guy. Both of us don't know how to cook. I would rather get a chef who you understands have to chef. Get a chef. And but I would make the chef a partner. Got it. Because in this, uh, in this industry, the keeping uh, talent, the skill has been the hardest. Absolutely. So, your main person who's cooking should be... Should be yours. And skin in the game. Skin in the game. I think that's that's a fantastic takeaway. Skin away. in the game. Uh, Bhakti, thank you so much for coming on Breaking the Ceiling. Thank uh, you for I, I have seen you uh, grow, I think, 10 years plus. I've been watching you. And mm -hmm. uh, I've seen Little Food Co. grow from Little Food Co. to Not So Little Food Co. And I think I've yeah. seen Bhakti grow multiple stages and today I think I saw the next level which I had not seen today like I had not seen before I saw that getting unlocked so fantastic thank, thank you so you. much for sharing and thank you so much for coming and breaking the ceiling thank you for having me